Oh god. Let's go down real fucking good. Yeah. All right. So when we talk about successful businesses and hard work, there's a good group of people that we know, and today we have an awesome gentleman joining us on the uh, on the podcast who has a great business, a great story, a legit business, a genuine business, a successful business. And we're here to, to find out a little bit more about that business today. And uh, hopefully we'll learn something and, and tune in as well. So Stephen, Matthew, we're back. Matthew Everingham from Richard Matthew Real Estate. Stephen, let's get into it. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Matt, before we begin, I'll just get you to introduce yourself uh, to everyone first and then we'll jump into it. I feel like I can't beat that introduction from Josh there. I mean, I feel, I feel like that's the nicest he's ever. Uh, oh, hold on. When I pay the bill at his restaurant, I suppose it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, we are uh, very kind. Thank you, gentlemen, for well, having me. Well, I do me. put the, uh, the real estate agent levy on your bills. So. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. I, I, I could never figure out how we got to that amount, but it must be that. You're lucky you let him in. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't oh, let any real estate security. agent in my, in my restaurant. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go. We're, we started off well. Uh, thank you for the introduction and the invite, boys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we are. Richard Matthews Real Estate is our business. We own a, um, a few real estate offices through the inner and southwest of Sydney. So, Strathfield, Summerhill, George's Hall, which is in our southwest area. Um, We've been going now almost 13 years, uh, close to 50 people that work for us. Um, and it started off just as two blokes, rather like yourself, sitting there on a couch and coming up with a business. That's awesome, mate. 13 years ago. Yeah. Did you enter the industry? No. Or, so bring us back to the beginning. Where does Matthew start? He's entering the industry. How old are you? 17. 17. Just, just out of school? Just finished school. Ripe age. Ripe age. Ripe um, age. A few years older. Although I've got to say I love, absolutely love the heading of the uh, podcast. <laughs> Here uh, we go. Different, uh, hold on. <laughs> definitely young. Um, not dumb, apparently. Yep. And the broke part. Let's see how 23 plays out. But 17 entered. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you do pretty well. <laughs> well, he's only broke because he pays his taxes, okay? So. <laughs> Legitimate business, as you said. Yes. But 17, literally fresh out of school. And my dad says to me, I finished the HSC. And he says to me, look, you're not going to sit around and do fuck all for six months while you wait for uni. Mm -hmm. You need to get out there and work and become a man and, and, and get out there and actually learn about life, which was which was... At the time, it's like, I've just done all of this schooling. I'm going to get this time to, to do what I want. And he was right. Um, I wasn't obviously ready for anything bar that. So a mate of his ran a real estate business. Uh, they got me a gig, which is literally probably 100 metres from where I work today, from where my main office in Strathfield is located. Uh, and I started there as a 17-year-old um, kid, kind of my first job when I walked in there. I remember my boss at the time, uh, who's still there, um, his first uh, job for me was wash, washing the window, cleaning the window. So he said to me at the time, he said, look, I don't know what you think real estate is. He goes, but your first gig is every Saturday morning, you'll walk in and you're going to clean this window. And that sticks with me today as that, a 17 year old. That is awesome. That is see, see, absolutely I, awesome. I love that because the issue we have today is that, you know, I have these little rock star rat bags walk into my restaurant and mate, they want to go straight to the plating, mate. Straight to the plating from pub well. to fine dining, and I go, no, 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 no. Why don't we go and peel the onions, mate? They're out the door as fast as I can look at them. 
That's a fair point. I mean, I, I, obviously, I meet plenty of people of the next generation down who may be slightly younger than me. Um, the truth is probably mm. because when they were growing up, there was prizes for coming eighth in an eighth person race. Um, mm. When maybe I was growing <laughs> up, first, second, third would get a ribbon yep. and everybody else was like, well, you fucking didn't win. You need to be better next time. And I think that's the reality, but also much more tough love. Like my first job was that. Yeah. If I said to somebody today that walked in as a 17-year-old kid to my business, just finished their HSC and said, listen, your first job is that and mm. you don't argue with me. I don't want to hear about it. And he sat there and cleaned the window with me to his credit. But it taught me a valuable lesson. I refer back to it in a lot of stuff that I, I talk about. It taught me that there's no job beyond anybody. Mm. Um, I I think the truth behind it is that it set me on the right course of work ethic and yep. nothing's beneath me. Appreciation. But today, um, people expect that they don't have to do it there. It's a different generation, but who's to blame? Is it the kid that is 17 today or is it the way that that kid has been brought up parents. or society? Parents. I would, parents I would agree important. with parents. My, look, I'm yeah. 27, Josh is 28, um, mm. and... My first job was scaffolding. Yep. My dad made me scaffold when I was at high school. Let alone, and when I went to uni, he said the same thing to me. Go out. So I went out and found a job in a financial planning firm. Yep. My first job was to open the door and get coffee and say, hello, sir. How are you? <laughs> Lovely to meet you today and give them water. That's my first job for about six months. You think about the lessons you learn in that though, right? Correct. Uh, it's a funny thing. Um, I reflect back on that now. I'm 41 now. So not as young as you boys, but it sticks with me today, that first, that first role. And I, I talk a lot about it in my business to young guys at start and girls. Um, predominant uh, number of our team and people that come into our business who are, are there now and not there, most of them are young. Uh, and I say to them, what you do today, I've done. I've done that. No one gets to success. Mm. No one gets to any level of anything other than starting from the ground up and laying that foundation. And those lessons I learned then um, yeah. serve me today. So how long were you cleaning the windows for before <laughs> you got to do something you enjoyed? I think, it, well, uh, my job back then was was not just cleaning windows. That was just <laughs> a Saturday morning job. He was on the borderline of having a sponsorship from Windex. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon I worked seven days a week as a youngster uh, for probably a few years before I really got anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't understand what that meant for me other than the fact I needed money at that time. So did you go to uni? I didn't. So I got the offer. Yep. Um, so we, we got through, I think the HSC back then finished maybe October, November, I, I can't quite remember. The results come out December and then you get uh, offers back into January, February, I think, off memory. Mm -hmm. And I got offered a placement in the course that I wanted. Um, but by that stage, I didn't want to study again for four more years. Like most young guys, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm. But this path gave me the in that I wanted. Um, and it, it, it oh, I haven't looked back. I believe that's the better way to go about it. If you don't know what you want to do, you shouldn't go to uni because I find that it looks like the easy way out. When I was at university, um, a lot of people didn't want to be there. And most people don't actually need university to do the job they want to do. If you went to do an economics degree, do you really need it to be a real estate agent? No. Not really. No, no I, I know lots of people that have done degrees that are finished and they're doing something totally opposite Correct. to what their degree was. But why are they doing the uni degree? Is it for them or is it social pressure or social family? Social pressure. 
family, often family Correct. too. Well, a couple of questions yep. and uh, we'll move through these three hot questions straight away. Mm. Question number one, how important was your father at that time pushing you out the door going, hustle, go, work out the world, figure it out. How important was that for you? And um, do, you, do you appreciate that? Because like I have a, you know, I look back and, you know, I guess with me, I have a, a division, a, a divorced mother, you know, a very highly ambitious father a stepfather who probably wasn't as ambitious. So I was always this person caught in the middle of two different sides of the story. But how important was that one for you? The the second question is, are parents scared these days to kick their their kids out the door because of the use of online? And the third question, what do you think is more important? Letting go or control? So we'll start with the first. (laughs) The first one is that was critical for me because I was a kid. I was 17 and really at school, you're not, you're not really living. I was working from a young age though. So the work ethic aspect was there. My parents sort of said, I think it was when you're around 15, if you want to achieve something, you've got to get out there and work. So I learned that lesson early. Uh, it was critical. Uh, like you, my parents hadn't separated by that stage, but they did not long after. Mm. So I reckon that there's different stages in my life that I've learned different things by the fact of circumstance, yep. Um, yep. that was one of them. Um, the second question was? Are parents scared to parent their children these days? Get 100%. them out, get them out the door, 100%. get them working, get them hustling, yeah. learning communication, effective, clear communication. It's really hard. I've got kids, right? 14 and 12. So I've just come back from a couple of weeks away with them. So you're spending very close quarters and I'm separated from their mum. So I have them half, half. Um, So I'm fortunate where I'm able to spend half of my time with them and I have half of the time where I've got the freedom or ability to do other things. It's hard today's society is really different observing them. Everyone says, you know, get them off their phones, all that sort of stuff. But that's how they communicate today. Mm. It's not like it was when we were growing up. It was a bit different. uh, are they afraid to to parent them? Yeah, I think so. I just feel like we're missing a little bit of that core root, the foundations of what really this world's made of, which is consistency and earning Discipline. the right to work smart through hard work first. So I get these young cats who walk in my business going, <laughs> I want to earn money and I want to work smart. And I look at them and go, I'm so sorry, but this is not the place for you because at this place we actually work hard to earn the right to work smart. Well, the reality is when we recruit somebody young, I don't look for their education. I've never asked about Mm. your degree, your high school, any of that shit. Personality. It's their personality, their engagement, but their work ethic, their willingness to work. Um, Now, my kids, as an example, um, through maybe through the fact I've had to do it, I auction on Sundays a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And they're with me every Sunday. So for them, they have to come to work. So they're learning from a young age work ethic. My daughter now is 14. She's now working um, a couple of afternoons a week in a cafe because she's realized that I want that that makeup product or that face product Mm. or that cream. If I'm going to get it, dad Mm. could give it to me, but he's going to say, if you work, I'll help you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Not many parents are doing it now because I think they feel like, um, you know, there's this social pressure just to provide for kids. Teach them good values, right? 
Well, I think, you know, calculating your hours as a kid going, I can save up for that skateboard for this many hours. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. I was that kid. Yeah, so I happened? was the kid. It was like, if I work this many hours, I'm going to get that fucking thing that I really, <laughs> really want. See, I wasn't that kid at all. You were given it? I were well, growing up, my parents, uh, my parents both came from housing commission. Yep. So my dad grew a successful uh, scaffolding business. Yes. And he would always give me, you know, anything we wanted growing up. But yeah. it always made me understand that if you get things, you have to be the best. So everything I did in life, I had to make sure I was number one. If I was not number one, I would suffer the consequences. Okay. So it was a bit different. So I was given everything. However, it was that, no, you have to be number, not everything, but you know, as a kid, you know, you want a toy or whatever, you get the toy, yep. right? But it was always taught that if you don't study hard, if you don't work hard, if you're not number one, you get nothing. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, well, that, that obviously kept uh, with you through this time now and you're using as a... Well, correct. As in my business, if, leverage we're not, point. If, if we're not number one in our categories, then it, it, it kills me. When do you reckon most people find success? Because of what? Their subjective opinion of their own lives. Like yes. when people find success in going down to the beach every day and having a surf while still maintaining a... Uh, a uh, a passive income business, as they call it these days. That would be which nice. Apparently, they don't have to work. It passively comes in an account from Bullshit. somewhere um, and they can go and uh, have barrels down at the beach or something. I don't know. It's, it's quite it's interesting, a, that one. I, I don't know anyone that makes money that way, maybe later in life, but certainly yeah. not at the beginning. Yeah. I reckon most people become successful through some sort of hardship. Correct. Yep. Whether it's parents separating, whether it's financial, whether it's your girlfriend's just fucked off. Mm. Correct. Um, all of the things that make you hit rock bottom before you go up. Yeah. So every time I reckon that I've seen people really successful, they've got something that's really driven them. It's, and the truth is those who are too com comfort zone kills a lot of people's um, dreams. I was talking to Richard, my business partner, with one of our staff members the other day about this mm. saying, natural ability is the biggest killer Correct. to success if that natural ability just rides the natural ability. Yeah. They've got natural ability, but then have something that is pushing them, like hits them between the eyes, yeah. then they win. Well, we, we would know that, notice that overseas when I was working with three Michelin star. The two Michelin star boys are the ones hustling the most. Correct. The three Michelin star boys are the Cruising. ones going, we're going to cruise. We've got our stars consecutively for the last few years. Guys, let's cruise and do what we do. The two star boys are going, let's take these cats for a ride. Let's go. Hard work beats mate, talent when talent doesn't work. Yeah. Mate, my, the third question was Correct. letting go or control? Uh, letting I got, go. I got hit really hard on Instagram with this the other day. Letting go is the absolute key to being more successful. And I know this because I reckon for four, five, six of our first years of the business, we tried to be everything to everybody because you wanted to control the experience a customer had or you know, they wanted to deal with you. And until we learnt to let go, we didn't grow. It's, yeah. a, it's an old analogy, but mm. letting go to grow is 100% the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, when I say let go, it doesn't mean you're not there. Like if I walked into your restaurant, I've been there heaps of times. Mm -hmm. I've never been there without you there. But I know when you're there, you don't have to serve me every time, but you're just there. Yeah. Right? There's a presence. But you're not cooking everything. Very mm. rarely have I seen you cooking it. <laughs> Fair? 
And this beautiful, I got a dodgy steak last week for him. This beautiful wine, you're not making it, right? No, but I'm. I am part of that process. But you're part of it. But you've let go of some of the things you don't need to be involved in, which is effective delegation. Correct. But I also believe in control. Have you ever cooked for me? Have I ever cooked? Should we do me to do a private catering for you, Mister Everingham? I've got this image of you just stamping on grapes now. Stamping on grapes. Imagine him in these. I know you probably can't see those in the clogs in the video. Yeah, clogs. Yeah, these are Birkenstocks. These are the Birkenstocks. best. These are great. I'd rather be. Uh, I, have a look at these. <laughs> what are those? Hold on, I got the leather shoes. You got the Birkenstocks. See? Leather auctioneer versus chef. Yeah, yeah. And this is this. it. Can I just Morgan's say, broker. you're the only person I know that gets away with it and actually looks cool. Thank but you. You know what? You make fun of me for my Crocs. Crocs are elite, by the way. They are the top tier. Of, yeah, but you of, wear your of, Crocs at my hatted restaurant. Like you've just had gardening. Correct. The, uh, um, um, I do. <laughs> Crocs are normally, uh-huh. I thought, worn by you know people that are in their I don't know seventies or eighties, and they just that's what it looks like. Okay. No, yeah. no, it's trendy now. Yeah. Is it? It's yeah. like it's like so being, I've missed it. It's like oh. being a real estate agent and wearing white sneakers. Oh, I've never seen someone. <laughs> oh, I've, nev- I've never seen anyone. I'm, I've never seen anyone come and order a two hundred dollars steak wearing Crocs in my restaurant. So, you mate, go. you're the first, and uh, <laughs> I, I will make sure that I will grab a plaque for you somewhere. But uh, you know, mate, springboarding and what you just said—it just oh. triggered. I'm so triggered right now. I'm wearing my Crocs. Here time. we go. Here no, we I'm go. triggered. Okay. He's mentioned the word real estate. The, yeah, well, I'm, and, and Nikes agent. and Nikes and stuff and. Yeah. Uh, the, the Power Rangers of real estate. You know, I'm a big believer in consistency. Mm. And the image you put out there is yep. the image people are going to see. The way you talk to people, the way you look, the way you smell, the way you what, what you wear. If that's consistent, people will notice you for what you are. Yeah. I, I think if, you're, if your image is that and you're true to yourself and you do that day in, day out, uh, good luck, right? Um, you've got to remember real estate in the past, let's say five years, excluding a bit of 22, has been pretty, pretty cruisy. Like the market's been Bastards. fucking hot. Correct. Let's be honest about it. Well, similar to, um, more, similar to mortgages, right? Same. Mortgages has been very similar. So for me, um, I was always taught when I first came into real estate that that sort of look wouldn't wash because I was young and people would judge me on that. Correct. Now. If you're getting the results and you can get away with that, I suppose get away with it. Mm. For me, I always felt like if someone was going to take me seriously, it was always going to be pretty, pretty much a suit, um, not a tie. I dropped that a long time ago. It was very much real estate agent copy and paste for years. Now, there is a white sneaker brigade. I know you've seen it white in sneaker. real estate well, across actually, Sydney. Well, you can either relate them to the, um, the, wiggle, the Wiggles or <laughs> the Power Rangers squad. <laughs> is um, the Power Rangers based on the coloured suits? Correct. Right. Yes. Okay, I've picked up on so this. So white bring, Nikes. Have we got that laptop connected to the screen? Yeah, can we? Can you bring know. up a picture of the Power Rangers? The Power Rangers. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The Power so Rangers. Did you ever watch that? The Power, Rangers, did, the Power yeah. Rangers have superheroes and the Power Rangers have funky colours. Yeah. Um, it's a kids sort of thing. And, um, I've got some of these Power Rangers at oh, work in my team. They're not. There we go. Here we go. M- images. <laughs> yeah, Pete. Look <laughs> 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 at that one. Here we go. Look okay. at that one. Right. Leave that on the screen. They're the OG Power Rangers, by the way. They're the best Power Rangers. So that, that, that's the original. They're the original Power Rangers, yes. So what, I can only relate this to, to restaurants and a customer because I deal with approximately about 1,500 faces a month. Yep. And there's a little thing in my restaurant where 
if you keep moving, my staff keep moving, the customers won't, um, I guess, notice you in a negative way. They like a moving person, yep. okay? But they like a consistent person. Yep. Like person to run their lane, do their job, make sure that they're servicing the customer. It's when they stop servicing the customer and stand around and, and they stand out like a Power Ranger yep. that you have negative attention coming your way because consistency is key. Yep. The way you talk, the way you look, the way you dress, the way you smell, um, how t- articulate you are and how good your service is at the end of the day. Yep. So... When I see these power ranges in the industry, mate, they're driving around in a Mazda and there's nothing wrong with that, but they're wearing a watch which costs more than the Mazda. True. Um, there's nothing wrong with a car. Mazda's great. Mrs. got one. No watch. Um, so does mine. You know, they're a great car. <laughs> um, so no, no hate there, guys. There's nothing wrong with that. But the thing I do have a problem with is, is that you're trying to portray an image that you are a million dollar agent yeah. when you're a $300,000 agent while wearing a wiggle suit and you're wearing <laughs> there we go power rangers power Ranger. um we can i actually hear used it. to like the power rangers when i was a kid so uh, there we go <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god uh, <laughs> we've got all the production you know what i'm talking that's about producer, here. You're, you're, that's our like, producer brendo there yeah legend yeah, he's laughing yeah. Now. Yeah. um so <laughs> my my issue here is that you've got a rolex which is worth more than the car um, they don't own their own first. They don't own their own property. Ah, this um, is the key. This is this is interesting. Um, their Nikes are white. Mm-hmm. Their suits are watermelon, mm-hmm. um, strawberry, yellow. They are the Power Rangers Green. of the industry. Yeah. Um, but but the issue that lays behind this is that there's no consistency of what they're doing. All their priorities are completely in the wrong spot. Yeah. I think when the market's been strong, these agents have been able to get away with worrying about that. Now you've got to work, we've got to grind. And it's funny, um, for us as agents, I actually love this market mm. because your skills actually shine through. Love that. Right? Yeah. So the past few years, our business has grown significantly. We can't complain. It's been good for us. But what ha- what's happened is a lot of agents have come into this uh, industry and thought I could just make quick money and easy money. Mm. I ask you this, right? Most of, those, most of those people you talk about um, probably don't own any property. Mm-hmm. They're paying massive rent. They're paying huge car leases. Now, I love cars. so We both do. You can't crack. We drive the same brand of car. Yes. Yep. Um, and I, I, I love cars. But I never got those um, great cars until I was well-established in life. I'd owned property, yep. uh, pretty much owned business, all that sort of stuff. I think the problem is social media right has made it so that everybody everybody wants to keep up with the next person and the comparison is thieving them of being themselves because they're comparing to the other person they think they have to be now if you are naturally the bright suits white sneakers and you're naturally that's you be that yes but if be very good yeah, yeah, but yeah. be good, back it up. Yeah. I don't care what someone wears. Like for me, if I'm wearing a suit today, I'm wearing a suit, right? Mm. Not every day do I wear a suit. Some days I'll wear sneakers, but never with a suit. What about yeah. Crocs? It'll with be the with suit. a pair. Never wear Crocs in my life because I, I think will. you're fucking bits. <laughs> Next time I'll in wear your Crocs. head, you're a bit fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a bit fucked. fucked. <laughs> you're a little bit fucked. Mate, mate I'll wear a Crocs yeah. next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you wear this. Crocs the next episode, I'm like tuning out. I will. 100% of going You'll to. You'll go one seat to the left or yeah. to the right. Yeah. I'm just like, no, we're done. No. But you've got to back it up, right? 
Absolutely. Um, uh, unfortunately, people focus too much of their attention on things that aren't going to make them money mm. or take them to success. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I'm not too fussed about the, the Power Ranger suits or the, you know, them having expensive cars without having a house if that's their motivation and goal in life. Sure. I don't think there's an exact road to go down. My issue becomes when they think that they're more special than they are because this month they made a little bit of money um, and then they put other people down around them by having these expensive things to make them feel bad about themselves. That's their own insecurity. Correct, exactly. That, that's that's keeping up with the Joneses. Correct. That's, when, that's me. When you're pushing a, a fake belief or fake image onto someone to get them to feel bad about themselves, make yourself feel good, that's absolute fucking bullshit. I hate that. If you like those things and you know, you know you're renting or you know you're doing X, Y, Z with that money, Fine. that's cool. I don't, get, I don't really care. But it's a moment where you yeah, start to judge others. I think, you, I think the problem is people are trying to fit in with other people. The one right. thing you learn is to surround yourself with quality people as you get older, right? Mm. Like that's the biggest lesson for me. Surround yourself with people who are going to lift you to another level yeah. higher. If you can get in front of people who are further down the road than you, mm-hmm. don't feel intimidated by that because they're going to have more. They're at chapter 20. You're at chapter four. Mm-hmm. That's okay too, right? But the only way to get better is to get yourself around people who are further than you. There's a lot of people in this world, unfortunately, I think, who will only surround themselves with people who are further behind than them because it makes mm. them feel better. But you never really realise your potential. Most mate, people do mate, that. Most people. Majority mate, most of people my mates that. are actually 20 to 30 year old, uh, twenty to thirty years old more than I am. Um, Why actually, is that, you think? Oh, I think I was brought up in business at a very young age. Mm. And I think I really... Relate to people who have a very mature head, um, and I think I just get along with those type of people. I, I I love to learn about their story. I love the business chat. I love bouncing the story's ideas. Story is a good one. Stories are great because the more you talk to people, right, you realise everyone's come from somewhere. Now, some mm. people are honest about it, yeah, and other people pretend that they started when they were twenty seven and successful. and that they were completely in the slum. Or fake news. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> yeah. uh, another, another, yeah. gr- another no, great, I, I, great, great. I can um, agree with that one. Yeah. There are some funny stories out there, but um, yeah, mate. I, majority of my friends are far older than I am. They okay. are CEOs. They are business owners of national companies, and they are genuine friends. Yep. They're not fake friends. We don't. We don't need to pretend when we're out. We don't need to um, see who has uh, the bigger package. Um, it's it's literally just a genuine friendship. They appreciate a young person like I am, who's a hustler, um, an opportunist, yeah. um, someone who has entrepreneurial mindset. I'm not going to see it as a young person and go, oh, I'm an entrepreneur because that does my head in. I don't even know what that means. I, I don't know. I just say I have an entrepreneurial <laughs> mindset. Yeah. So well, I believe I, I believe in I believe in multiple things happening. I, be, I believe in multiple concepts. I believe in what is an um, entrepreneur. Well, for me, I always it looked at like, entrepreneur. It sounds like a hero. Well, for me, I always looked at entrepreneur as someone who can create multiple income streams within um, sort of their circle and make it work. Yeah, I think. And that's I always, a- I always say seven income streams. I would classify the person as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think it's probably a fair, uh, a fair description. But who knows what that even means? Are you a business person or are you an entre- entrepreneur? 
Everything's made up. Nothing's yeah. real anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. Does it matter? No. no. <laughs> it <laughs> Do really what makes doesn't. you happy, right? Mate, paddle your own right. canoe. And it doesn't mean that you don't surround yourself with <laughs> like people who are like further <laughs> paddle your own canoe. <laughs> paddle your own canoe. <laughs> are, you, are you much of a canoeist? I mean, you're about to go to a very, very nice uh, resort. Yep. Um, will you be doing any canoeing? I will do as much as I can. <laughs> Whatever's available, I Eating don't know. or canoeing? Yeah, well, who, well, who knows? Man, I don't know. <laughs> mate, yeah, I'm meant to be taking a couple of days off, but who knows? It just doesn't happen in my world. But anyway, welcome to hospitality. Mate, I was going to say hospitality. Can we, can we bring it back to, um, I guess, you starting yeah. in the real estate industry? Yeah. So we'll wash your windows. You were sponsored by Windex. <laughs> had a sore and wax what, on and then, wax off you know and then he did the normal it duties. was newspaper too so he didn't have to buy a cloth Italian background even I come from an Italian family so yep. I get it yeah. even better. I don't know who would do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you start as an associate and, what, yeah, and my, what does that look like? My, my job back then was basically an associate for the business yep. so I would run around for property management for sales teams for picking up photos from the photo lab, all that sort of stuff that doesn't exist anymore, but basically the gopher, getting, getting out there and doing things that um, nobody else wanted to do. So it was basically that. And as it went further month by month, obviously I started to do more and more on the sales side of it. I, I, I realized, I think that I enjoyed that. The business and the team there probably realized that that was my, my um, ability down that road. Mm -hmm. And then it started off as that. And then, Back then, it was no associate role. There right, was, okay. That didn't exist. So I was kind of just working for the business. And then I started selling myself, literally. I'm thrown in the deep end. I Sold I, himself. I right. had, yeah, sold myself. Jeez. Things real estate agents will do, right? <laughs> um, a lot. <laughs> oh. I'm not sure what. <laughs> um, but I also think that, um, you know, you just did what you had to do. I had braces. I was kind of... Not dressed in a good suit. I had no yeah. Power Ranger outfit. So when oh, you became a, a when you became a, a real estate agent or a listing agent, how old were you then? I was having to do it. Uh, when, when, when did you start as a, as a real estate agent? Listing 18, agent? 19. So at 19 years old to say listing agent. Yeah. How much money did you make in your first year as a listing agent? I don't even remember. Ballpark. Uh, seventy thousand. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's good. That's pretty good Which for first okay. year as a listing agent. Back then. Yeah. But you know, I was working. Was it comms only? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, awesome. Dinosaur. How old? <laughs> Hold on. Young? <laughs> We've established I fall Wait, into the category. I think we missed the, <laughs> the no, memo not, of this. <laughs> not comms only. It was a wage-based thing okay, that's with, cool. yeah, yeah. with commissions. But you know what? I also worked in a team of really aggressive guys, generally guys. There's one woman. Yep. Uh, really aggressive guys. And I had to just, I had to work. Yeah. yeah. That's just how it worked there. Um, great to learn. Yep. Um, wouldn't wash in today's world. People would be upset that there was, you know, work. it was not part of the PC brigade. It was, um, it was work. Yeah. I wasn't part of the the Instagram fashion. No. Yeah, the entre the uh, what would you say the uh, I could say the the group of uh, stylists walking around the no. Instagram real estate gangs. So None if we if walking we go around areas and everyone's flicking their hair back, look at us. We we look really good, I but we're I not going to show off our skills because they're I not important. Say, I wish I had the hair to flick back. It's a shame. No, it is a shame. I know it's sad. If but you, we so won't if we won't show our skills off. We're just going to look really good on Instagram. Josh really hates real estate agents, obviously. No, I love. No, them. no, no. Josh, <laughs> is a, Josh is always good to me, but maybe because I spend money. Well, how, but no, yes, but how many know. friends well, of real estate agents I have? Like heaps. Uh, that's true. Like a lot of real estate agent friends. If we go back that to what true. you said, the yeah. work, the PC brigade. Yeah. So 
you're young, you start in real estate, right? And we're all, you're all trying to find listings. Yeah. Is it like a boiler room concept? Everyone's on the phone all yeah. day. Just how many hours a day? 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day? I, I don't remember exact hours I worked back yeah. then, only to say that it was always late nights all the time. Like yeah. my, my team at that time, and including my team today and now, like for me, um, I work seven days a week pretty much. Uh, some Sundays I'm not auctioning, therefore I'm not working uh, long hours, but real estate is it's 24-7. Mm. Anyone who wants to be successful, when you're young particularly, if you want to go back to the young uh, and not dumb approach, you have to out-hustle the guys that have got 20 years on you. Correct. Totally. Right? And you've got to hope that the guy that's got 20 years on you doesn't want to hustle. But I hustle to this day. You know why? I love it. Yeah, correct. Actually, yeah. but enjoy you're, it. you're a very rare case, right? Why I've been able to grow my business so fast for in the mortgage broking space is as they get older, they get lazier. They stop I think what happens clients. is they 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 think that the experience is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the hustle will beat the talent if the talent doesn't want to hustle. Correct. Totally. Right? Yeah. One hundred percent. So from my point of view, um, I worked hard, and ultimately, what what back then um, led to to my next career move. So I was there for six years. Yep. Um, there was a guy I worked with in the company, a guy by the name of Nick, um, still a friend of mine now. And then he opened an office and he said, you know what, come and work with me. And that was kind of my next career kind of move um, before Richard Matthews. So then you became an agent at this other office? Yeah. And then what pushed you from working at that agency to create your own agency? Probably, you know, the desire that a lot of people go through to run their own business, not realizing what in, what running your own <laughs> business actually entails. Yeah, correct. I'm thinking, <laughs> that, you is know such what? A, that is such a hard question and such a mixed question. Well, it's a naive answer back mm, then. Correct. So I was 28. <laughs> yes. And the answer back then was that I'm going to make more money. Mm. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. If you have the desire to run your own business, I accept that. Yeah. Um, but don't think because you're just going to make more money. You might, you might not. But what you inevitably end up doing like we do is we make money, but we invest it back into people and the business. Correct. It's a hard one to answer because everyone thinks you're going to say that because you're the business owner. No, it's the truth. Correct. Um, mm. But the satisfaction from now my role, now today, is more growing people. So my role's changed from being as much selling, I still sell, but to growing our team, mentoring, yeah. helping, assisting, coaching. Which is equally as important. It's important today, but it's a hard shift to make away from the thing you love. Which is letting go. Right. And I find it hard. <laughs> well, letting That's go is always hard. And letting go and control is like this, this, this pendulum balance. You You're know? a great chef, right? Oh, I think so. How do you let someone cook for your customers? Intense mentoring and training and then slowly letting go over time. Hard. You're a great Very mortgage hard. broker. How do you let somebody come into your business and sit down with a client that you could write that loan for? 100% you could write the loan for, but knowing that they're going to service them the way you do. Same question. Same answer as Josh. Yeah. You have it's to hard for them. It's extremely hard. But it's the only way to grow. No, correct. And then you also have the, the mindset that, well, this is not my business. So why should I be putting in the same amount that my boss is? I learned, you know? I learned that nobody's ever going to put in the same amount. No, correct. Although in real estate, they're commission-based. The salespeople may do yeah. to a point, but they don't care as much. They don't have to. No. Otherwise, they may be in my shoes. And you know what I would say? Why should they? Fair. If I look back at my, when I, my first job before mortgages as financial advice, yep. I cared so much. Like I 
pretending like the business was mine. Yep. Right? I earned not great money for the time I was there. Yep. Right? I look back at it now and I go, I worked my ass off to earn that money. But the lessons it taught me were extremely positive. I was able to carry it into my own business. But why should, the way I look at it, why should they work as hard as you? They, should, they probably shouldn't, to tell you the truth. If I, was re- to, if I was to go and work for someone right now, if I was, went to go and get a job, honestly, if they'll pay me a salary, I'd probably just sit there and do the bare minimum. <laughs> but you know, the reason you're a business owner today would be more around the fact that you worked that hard for somebody. 100% I agree. Your mentality that. was that anyway. Yeah, well, I guess the point I'm getting to is that we can't, we can't expect them to ever to work as hard. No. People in the business, you can't ever expect them to work as hard as But you. it's up to us as, as respective business owners to Leaders. lead, motivate and manage in Correct. the best way possible. Correct. And to explain that the greatest investment in life is you. Correct. Whether it's with me, whether it's the next person, whether it's something at home, whether it's a rat bag relationship you're in, whatever it is, the greatest investment is you. And we don't put ourselves at the top of the tree investment. We'd rather go and get pissed down to the pub with the boys and not put it in ourselves. Uh, And that's been my mindset, mate. I spent three months in a three Michelin star restaurant before they even gave me a paycheck. Yeah, but those three months you would have been shit kicking. Shit kicking. Mate, talk about cool, like clean cool room walls. Clean them again. Yeah. But and I'm know. going, why? And they're like, <laughs> just because. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, well, it is one in the morning, but all right, we'll clean the cool room walls again. No problem. Yes, chef. And were you a good- We chef, mercy chef, we. Were you a good, uh, your French is good. Were you a good uh, cool room wall cleaner? Mate, those walls, mate, I was scrubbing the paint off them. <laughs> so not only I was, I was scrubbing those walls, but they probably had to get repainted at one point. But not a, not a lot of people want to do the hard yards, right? I love the hard yards. Uh, but that's what gets you success. You, know, uh, you, you could be talented, but you've got to work at it. You know, it's hard work. The gym for me in the morning, it sets my day. Yep. And if I don't work hard at the gym, I won't work hard through the day. Well, it's a mindset. Absolutely. So you talked um, to me a little bit uh, previously about mindset, right? Mm. Everything's that. Everything's mindset. Because my mindset's about creating the opportunity. Yeah. The opportunity is always there, everybody. There is the opportunity, but sometimes you need to create it. But There's an opportunity somewhere. M- most, most people want the opportunity to fall on their lap. It never That's does. That's the issue. You, you, you get parents. lucky when you, when you work for it. The hardy, I don't have that, kids' parents, but I tell you what, the stock coming through my joint at the moment, it's rough. The harder, the it's harder, rough. The harder I work, the luckier I get. It's true. And I've got a little story. I had a, uh, a, uh, a lad come and, come and have an interview and uh, he was going to quit another job. He wants to be a barman, all the rest of it. And I said, mate, you're talking my language. I love this. I gave him the whole hustle spiel. You know, let's be great. You know, let's do it. I want you to be the best possible barman ever. Mm-hmm. You're 19. Listen to orders and follow the process. Yep. Listen, follow the process. We will lead you. We will motivate you. And then we will manage you after the point where you're motivated. You're motivating yourself. Yep. And you're led well. So we had to scale his job back, unfortunately, to pouring water in the restaurant. That's Why? how bad it was. He was, he was all Incompetent taught. of taking on new roles and not listening. Right. If I'm saying go grab a fork, he's grabbing a spoon. Like, no joke. Like, I'm being so very he's good serious. at selling his skills. Oh, mate, he, he did a great job in the interview. I was like, this guy's going to be red hot. So this person got so angry about pouring water, and this is a bit of a funny one, so angry that 
He went out of spite to pour a customer's water. Like literally, this is like last week or maybe the week before. Went out of spite, came up to the manager and I and went, look, I just poured the best water ever. Did you just see that? Did you see the way I poured that water? I nailed it. <laughs> customer puts their hand up and goes, we didn't order sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding, mate. And did you, <laughs> and did you remind him? Died. Did you remind him? Oh, which part? Did you sack him? Gone. <laughs> chow, chow. Yeah. So basically, the Donald Trump, you're fired. Gone. Or fired. Yeah, There's no place it. for you here. Really? If you're going to come and rub in the basic tasks, the basic tasks that I want you to nail, and I'm don't, I'm not saying it because I'm trying to degrade you. I'm saying because I'm trying to get you to appreciate it. That. Going to a customer and pouring water and asking them, how are they? Is everything okay? Could I get you another drink? There we go. Brendo, Brendo just put up something. TikToker quits McDonald's job bid shift after being asked to wash dishes. You know what? That's fair enough. Mate, I wash dishes every a, fucking day. Yeah, you're the sucker. Fuck. Hey. Don't you have like dishwashers? Yeah, but I help them. No, 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 no. Like the, the actual ones machines. That are machines. Yeah. Oh, actually, you put them in the machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they need to go from A to B. Right. Yeah, aren't they quick? A if machine you, you doesn't have a hand in it to scrub. You get like a four-minute cycle, couldn't you? Two. Oh, hey, don't bring Andrew Tate Two into this, cycle. mate. What's Andrew Tate doing up there? What do you say? Scroll Andrew up. Andrew Tate, Jesus, here we what go. What do you say? Oh, arrested? I don't know. Nah, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to say. I'm not going to talk about that. No, yeah. Jesus. Let's okay. move on. All right, let's, let's move oh, on. Let's go. not get flagged. Okay, here we go. So back to when you... Yeah. So you start the, the real estate practice, right? Yeah. The, you start the real estate practice. Just you and who was your business partner again? Was it Richard? Richard, yeah. Richard, so you... Just were, two of us. Two of you. Yep. So you start day one. You walk Great in. Great guy too, by the way. Great yep. guy. Did you have an office? Uh, we did. Awesome. So you walk in the office first day, just you two. You sit down, you look at each other. What do you do? I remember the first day that we walked in there, we were still renovating the office. Yeah. Which is next door to where we are today. So we moved from there, it was too small, but next door came available. We walked in, we were sitting on fold out chairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With a milk crate yeah. as this makeshift table. Love yep. it. Love it. Shit, you're not. Yep. Um, yellow chairs and a milk crate. I still remember it. Yep. Uh, we had nothing. There yep. was the two of us. We were doing reception, property management. Uh, sales, showing properties, looking for new clients, all of it. Yeah. So basically doing everything from scratch. Yeah. Um, what did it look like? Um, two guys who weren't prepared to fail, working hard. Correct. Simple as that. Um, and that was the catalyst for our success. Did you find that having some experience in the industry, I guess some connections, jump-started the business oh, as well? 100%. You, you couldn't open a real estate business unless you had some level of previous experience. You would fail. Yep. Uh, it doesn't, you can't rely on other people for certain things. What we probably should have done earlier in our, in our business is employ the right people in the key positions sooner. Yeah. <laughs> but what comes first, the money... The, the person, like it's very hard. That's a tough but what's, thing, right? But what's right? And this is, what, this is the thing that myself and- We couldn't afford and it. And my manager- so right, we correct. didn't have a choice. Yeah, but even for myself correct. right now, I, I think I'm employing the right person, um, but within four weeks, they're already asking for their first pay rise. You know what is right for us and the one thing we've figured out? Having the right people firstly is critical. Mm -hmm. um, we call it Richard Matthews DNA. Now, they're obviously not related to Richard and I, um, but they have the same mentality. It's this, this feeling that they're part of um, wanting to grow with us rather than just be there, us for pay rises, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. The money will come. We say to our guys all the time, you work hard, the money will come. But the Richard Matthews DNA is what we describe it as. They're part yeah. of our team. And lots of people have been there for a long time. 
Yeah, awesome. And I think I, I had this. I actually had this chat today with my with my chefs because um, mm. I am taking a couple of days off. Believe it or not, <laughs> surprise, surprise. And I basically said to them, very, very similar to you. I said, we can be seen as an elite team, yep, or we can be seen as a lazy team. Yeah. And I told them. I looked at all of them in the eyes of the kitchen today, and I said, the elite team's much sweeter. The, it's a mindset thing, right? We go back to it. Everyone can be whatever they want to be. Um, people who tend to succeed in our business are people who share the same values as us. Yep. Like we always think long term. We don't think we're going to make quick money for a year and then doesn't matter the, the consequence. We're always worried about how we can um, how we can succeed ten years down the track. Yeah, and that's important from our business perspective. It definitely, it definitely is. Long term is always the best way to run a business because. It's like anything in short term. If you look at financial markets short term, they go up and they go down. Yeah. Things go things go out of control. You can't predict the short term. On the over the long term though. <laughs> a bit of technical difficulty here. Never. Um over the long term you will have steady growth if you implement the right steps like you said. Correct. Um if we bring it back once again to you starting the firm Obviously, when you start, you're not getting paid. No. So there's a period of time. And we owed money. And you like owed to money. Start it. So how long did it take before you actually made your first dollar? It's, uh, we, we made money fairly quickly because yep. we worked hard. We had a reputation. We've been in the business for a long time. So a couple months? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, there's a lag effect. Of yeah, course, correct. you sell, you settle and all that sort of stuff. Uh, when we actually started to make money, years down the track. Yeah. Everything we had, we put back into the business. Staff, people that we felt were right for it, promoting ourselves. We, into this day, we invest majority of our money back into the business. Mm. Like we've gone from two guys sitting in a small office to having three offices and 50 people um, who none of them have come with any real experience, particularly in the sales front. Some of our property managers have, mm -hmm. but our sales people have all been just um, inexperienced agents that we felt we could take to the next level. Yep. And that's where our success has been. Mm -hmm. taking people that we could mold and teach and grow. It's good and bad though. We can risk doing that and they leave, Leaving. which happens. Correct. Um, but then you get the right quality of people who do stay. They're trained the right way. They're ethical. They have good practices and they're part of our culture, our team. Correct. And I find if you have a employer or a boss who's too afraid to train you because you're going to become too good and leave, that is a red flag straight away so most most bosses are because correct. they're afraid of that but you know we thought about this and and talked about it many a time young in our business what's the alternative you have someone there that you don't train correct to <laughs> yeah. shit and leave anyway 100%. like they're fucking rubbish anyway mm. or they come and go like i've had uh, you know performers in my business leave um in the past 12 months and go on and do something that they feel is right whether that succeeds for them or not is up to them we can only do what we can do. And you know what? They were good for our business at that time. Correct. They were, they learn a lot. They, they contributed to the business. It was both ways. Yeah. Um, I don't begrudge that, but a lot of people leave for, ego is the killer often in our mm. business. In real estate, if you want to know the one thing that people hate in our business. Power Rangers. I don't know. Power Rangers, right? The ego. <laughs> the ego. Correct. The egotistical way that agents yeah. promote themselves. And we're all guilty of it to a degree, but 
there's a way that you can do it where people still respect you. I think well, there's still that Australian stigma that car salesmen and real estate agents are <laughs> the worst of the worst. <laughs> I, I would say lawyers might be up there. Oh, definitely. 100%. And high-end restaurants. <laughs> uh, mortgage brokers don't get a better Very stick because Lucky I'm not <laughs> You did a few years ago The Royal Commission was basically probing up your asshole. Yeah, correct and they <laughs> found, How did that go for you? And they you? found nothing I know Yeah, correct There was a lot of smoke uh, The issue with mortgage broking is a low qualification standard to become one It's changed though, hasn't it? No, it has not Changing? No There's no, there's no sign Financial of, planners, I think, has Financial planners was absolutely probed Yep That okay. was a big probing on financial advisors massive probing mortgage brokers there's nothing like a probing you can do a quick <laughs> you can do a quick course online and you're a mortgage broker really oh, it's real a, estate used to be like that it's changing now correct yeah. and a lot of people were screaming about it it's like no no no. it's positive if, if, you, if you want people to actually get into it for the right reasons you need to make the um the bar a little bit higher to enter it correct mm. it's a reality correct well, you, as, well you do so you know if you have no qualification if you do a, a course a diploma let's say a diploma yeah. on mortgage broking takes you let's say they give you two years. It takes you really two weeks, yeah. right? And you're a mortgage broker. Pretty, pretty low standard. I disagree with it 100%. I think there needs to be higher levels. I've got a couple of university degrees, experience in finance. I think that's a level where you should be giving people advice. Yeah. Not just, uh, I'm an Uber driver today. Now tomorrow he's a mortgage. It gives us a bad name. I really hate it because coming to the ego part of people, right? Mm. I really care about my clients. I really want them to succeed. And that's why I started doing this for. Long term. And people see money sometimes and they think, oh, I can make a lot of money for do something like the agents. And then sometimes with money links ego and that's when they get too big for their boots. The problem in real estate, maybe, I don't know mortgage broking, how it succeeds, but um, with agents in the past five years, this is how it rolled, right? If you were half decent and you got the owner to sign an agreement, you then advertise the property on realestate.com. The buyers would trip through the front door, want to sign a contract and buy the property. It's not very skillful. Correct. Mm. To do it on a volume basis, different story, but you could make money. Now, the agents that are going to succeed as the, what do they say? The, uh, the tide washes out and you can see who's been left naked swimming. <laughs> and there's lots of them. Yeah. There's fucking lots of them. You know why? There's so many of them that have been uh left out there naked is because you now have to work the hours know how to talk to people and actually have the ability to do the job properties just doesn't sell itself and you've got to manage an owner you've got to basically become a counselor well this comes to my next question is there actually a need for real estate agents if i myself can just go realestate.com put my house up someone calls me say yeah i'll buy for that price do I need an agent? What's the benefit to actually having an agent? Do you need an agent to sell it? No, you can do it yourself. Yep. Do you need an agent to get premium money? A hundred percent. So I'm an agent, yep. right? I wouldn't sell my own property. Yep. Two reasons. One, you're too attached. Yeah, Secondly, you can yeah. never, ever negotiate directly with a buyer like an intermediary can, right? So my job as an agent is not just to sell it though. It's to go in the property and look at it and say, all right, we've got this room here. You need to present it better. So it's not just selling the property. How do we present it? How do we market it? And then the culmination of it, good agents, go and auction it. You can't just go and auction a property. There's a a skill involved. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. It's not just opening that front door. It was to a point for the past number of years. There's plenty of regulations now all around this. 
There's a lot. Yeah, heaps. there's a lot. But there's also a skill set to get. For, let's say your property's worth a million dollars, and and I can get you. $1.2 million based on negotiation and network of buyers and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I cost you 20 grand to get that. Mm. Pretty good investment. Oh, mate, I totally agree. I think if you if you want premium results um, and you want things to happen, you go to professional people. You want, a, you want a chiseled body, you go to a good personal trainer. What is the skill set behind an auctioneer? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the same thing. He's just, well, uh, yeah. for, for the listeners, you know, Matthew's just flexing his abs a little bit. What, what, Matthew's sucking them in. Yeah, sucking them what, in. What that is shirt it? looks a bit... <laughs> I haven't seen them since I was 11. <laughs> what is the skill set for an auctioneer? Because you mentioned yeah. the skills there. From the outside, for example, even me, I look at it, it's just some guy yelling, yelling at everyone. So yelling at everyone, just yelling at everyone. Do you want to buy it? Yes. No. Do you want to buy it? Okay. Yeah. Next price. You well, know the skill set. I hear a lot of numbers in there, though. There's a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. It's hard because you're actually there's a number of things. Let's say you get up there to perform or make a speech, and you write the speech. You just got to execute it, right? When you get up there to auction, for me, I didn't auction until later in my career, mm. the last sort of five six years. Um, it's the tempo. It's the the controlling of bids, when to take a certain bid. There's a lot of stuff. If I got you to get up there and auction right now, you could yell. But what about to the 10 people that won't bid? What mm. are you going to say? How are you going to describe the property while you're saying it at pace? How are you going to call bids? How are you going to remember them? It's hard. And then your job ultimately is not just all that. That's an actor can do that. How do I extract the most money out of that bidder? What point do I threaten? What point do I back off? What point do I engage with my agents? And call it too. What point do you call it? That's a big one. Now, again, it comes back to the agent part of it. The auctioneer is the same. A lot of auctioneers have, have in the past few years been made to look good. Let's pretend you've got 20 bidders there. If you know how to call the bids, chances are you're probably going to be able to do it okay, right? Um, but the market is not like that today. Maybe if I, if I do 15 auctions in a weekend, maybe one or two of them have got that crazy bidding. The mm. rest I have to work for mm-hmm. and really stretch them out of people. So it's an interesting gig. Um, it's actually really quite hard because you can't plan for it. Anything can happen up there at any time. I don't know who's going to bid, when they're going to bid, yeah. how much they're going to bid. And then I've got to be hard enough on them to get the right bid. So let's say the bidding starts at a million dollars. What does everyone want to do then? Give me a thousand dollars. You've got to be firm enough to have a strategy in your mind without thinking about it. You don't have time to think. It's yeah. instant. I agree with you. I think having a real estate agent is really important. I uh, hope so. I do. I, I was about to well, throw. The I keys really do. I really do. <laughs> well, but these are the questions. People, what is it? The unplug the yeah. microphone. These are the questions go. people think and want to like and 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 really want to know. People. I, I have the question. Clients say it to me all the time. What's the point? What's the point? That you don't need the agent to sell it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Correct. Like if if I got a property tomorrow and you want to buy it and you make the offer, I don't need the agent to facilitate that transaction. Correct. It's the same in your business. Why do you need a broker? You don't. No, but I always use a broker. You know why? Because I don't have the time, the effort, the energy to go out there or the skill set to look at all the different options Correct. Nor, nor the years of relationship building too. Well, you've also you got know? to get the deal across the line with the bank. Well, yeah, and like you said, anyone can walk into a, one particular bank and get a home loan. Yeah. My argument is this. If you're looking for a BMW, okay, mm-hmm. you need a BMW. Mm-hmm. Why would you walk into a Mercedes? If you need something that NAB has, but you walk into CBA, they're going to give you a car, but it's not going to be the car you need. So that's where it comes down to. People, again, I think this comes for real estate, it comes down to having an easy market. When things are easy, it's like, oh, 
everyone wants to buy it. Correct. That part was true to a point, but a, a really good agent at the end, though, would get you more money. Correct. Because their ability to squeeze that extra. If someone walks into that property and they hate it, there's nothing I can do. Mm. I can try and sell it to them, but they hate it. They're not going to buy it. Somebody walks in the property is on the fence, I can sway them. And somebody who walks in that property who loves that property, I've got the ability as an agent to demonstrate why they should pay more and create the atmosphere or an environment for them to pay more. Correct. Well, it's very much like a restaurant. Like I, I see my restaurant as actually an auction floor. Think I've auctioned it. in your restaurant. An auction floor. Every single table. I don't know who they are, where they've come from, or what they're going to spend. And but what it's their absolutely are. my responsibility and duty yep. to know what path are they going to walk down. I, always, I, I obviously 15, always spend too much. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, don't go back and check the bills. Um, <laughs> so, mate, for me and, and my staff, and this is part of my training every week and part of my, my talks with them on a Saturday night when it's busy, I say to everybody, Everybody here is coming here for one purpose, to go out for dinner, yeah. okay? But it's up to us to figure out how good that dinner is going to be. You know is what? it going to be extremely good? Yeah. Are, we going, are we going Sir Winston Churchill champagne? Yep. Or, or are we going Prosecco? Well, we need to figure that out. Let me ask you this. What do you reckon makes it good? Makes uh, dining good? Yeah. As in for a customer or for me looking down? Customer. What makes it good? Yep. Absolutely, uh, service and product. Uh huh. Service has got to be on point because the food can be awesome. Correct. But if the service is shit. But I say service versa. first because it's the first thing you get when you walk in the doors. Correct. Well, you that get sets, served. That sets the time. Good evening, madam and sir. Welcome. I've we never are so been we sir. are so pleased to have you here. They you say, could be anywhere else, but you decided to book with us. Please follow us to your I, table. Everyone says, please leave. You got Crocs on. I've, I've, never been called, I've never been called Sir at Qua for the record. No, I haven't. Oh, I don't I've, been, I've been hey, called here plenty comes of the other things. I'm like, I'm like, you know the fucking table, sit down. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, you know where to go, mate. Just down by the wine Just cellar. Qu- yeah. This is a good segment because sales training for people in those roles are extremely important. Don't you reckon sales is in every job to a point? Sales is fucking 100%. life. Sales, sales is life. everything. And, that's, and, that's, and, and look, sales, when people hear the word sales, it sounds dirty, right? But all sales is- Service. Is- service it's connecting with someone to understand how i can help them or what they need not what i think they need by listening to them and helping them achieve what they're trying to achieve the best sales people build relationships as quickly as possible through service correct that's it but it's up to us to figure out how far we can put our sales techniques there and i do a little thing when i'm with my staff i say guys what is the common denominator with every single person tonight no one can answer it crickets cricket cricket Mm. cricket what's the common denominator guys tell me the answer they can't tell me um they all here to eat i said no they've all got a fucking wallet yeah they've all got a wallet yeah every single person has a wallet it is up to us to make them feel so good that when they do pull their wallet out, they pull it out with absolute ease. They're happy. Yeah. Happy. Whatever you know, the bill says, whether there's a, a, a real estate agent levy on it or not, they're still going to pay the bill because we massaged it. We learned early on when we said hello to the customer, we know exactly what they're here for. They're here for cocktails. They're here for entrees, mains and desserts. And a and great here, wine. And they're here for a great wine. Yeah. Steel wines. Oh. Can I tell you something that Josh does well and, and he's a master at it. He sells, not the food, because the food is a, well, I think it kind of says it itself in the menu, but he'll sell you the bottle of wine. So that, 
CL wine, right? I went down to the vineyard, the most picturesque valley that you could imagine, the where, where it's grown, the soil, the content, the acidity. I met the winemaker, the extent they go to to handpick those grapes and the vine that this particular one comes off has been planted in 1932. Like it's an incredible story. Right. And it starts to bring you into why you're spending more on that wine. Or you can say, we've got this one, this one and this one. And they're going to pick what on what Well, I actually, price. I actually understand both things you're saying, but I actually tie both of them together. That's what I'm so saying. What, you do so, it well. Yeah. So what I do is I actually do a three-step process with my customer to try and figure out who they are, what they are, and where they want to go. So they'll come to they'll come to me, and and by the way, I'm not your ordinary chef. You guys know that, okay? I make everything my business. I I when I went to Michelin star. Will you build relationship I, with your your clients? You'll Absolutely. come out and chat to them. Mate, they text me for bookings. That's, text how, this, me. This, that's how this podcast started. Mate, they, <laughs> mate, they text me for bookings. When I went over and worked overseas, Michelin well, I've Star, never called up. I always send you a message through Instagram. Absolutely. You yeah. never bring the restaurant. No. You know, so stubborn. But it's relationship. Um, no, joking. Um, so <laughs> when I overseas, I made it my business to work with the most amazing sommeliers of the world, advanced diploma sommeliers, yep. to learn about wine. I collected wine. I have two and a half thousand bottles in my cellar at home. It is a thing for me. Have so, got a for, so yeah, we've got a few. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of rosé behind actually. the camera, actually. Yeah. They're all my wines, too. I like um, the Pinot. The Pinot's my favourite. Oh, the Pinot's sensational. Yeah, um, so I actually made it my business because when you look at the business itself, alcohol takes up the largest profit portion of the business. Yeah, so correct. not only I made it as a passion project, but that passion project actually spilled over to a profit project. Passion and profit. So I loved it. So I use a three-step approach when it comes to my sales i go to the customer I ask what they like they give me a bottle that they they think they like but they ask they open for recommendations if they don't open the door to recommendation i cut them off and go can i recommend you a few different things let's have some fun with it they're yeah. like oh fun i'm in a good mood i'm in my comfort zone of fun but i it's come back to the table i bring the bottles yep i bring a Decanter. low price yeah i bring a medium price I bring a high price bottle. The low price bottle, I talk about it for 15 seconds. The medium price bottle, I talk about for 45 seconds. And the high price bottle, I will waffle on for two minutes of how bloody good that fucking thing is. Because it is fucking good. Yeah. Okay. So basically in the first 10 seconds, we've identified that the cheapest bottle is not for them. It's not for them. Yep. We scrap it off the table. We're down to two dominators. So I know for a fact I'm even going medium, I'm going top dog. And I've actually positioned myself to get there mm -hmm. every single time. Yeah. Every time. The best one I've had is in your restaurant, actually, by the way. Which one? Torbreck, Run Rig. Ooh, yes. Good bottle. We love those guys. See, so, yeah. I guess my, I look at my business a bit different to that, to tell you the truth. I always, the way I speak to my staff is I always a focus on customer first and i go how do we help this person to the level they need to be helped so when i sit down with them i'll f figure out okay what do you want me how do you want me to help you and the only thing i focus in, on is how do i help these people the most to get them to where they want to be rather than it's a bit different from restaurants and and I'll tell you, mate, i can appreciate and, and i can but appreciate it, the, the, yeah. the difference between all three of us but yeah, there correct. is a lot of alignments in there as well but 100%. at the end of the day mate you're you're helping people's most important assets their lives and their biggest correct. debts people look at debt these days and they look like how yeah. how stressful it is mate debt is tax-free yeah enjoy it while you can but <laughs> hustle hard 
and get on top of it. Yeah. People are afraid of debt. I mean, I love it. Give me more. The, Give me the, more. The, the the idea of having I debt, will. if it's <laughs> yeah. the right one, honestly, will make you money. That's important. Yeah. Well, if you, I don't want to waffle on about wealth creation. I could waffle. waffle on about three hours. All in all, the more assets you have, the more money you make over time. Correct. So borrowing, people always think debt is bad. My first mentor said to me, you'll never meet someone who became rich through saving. No. If you make $100,000 a year, right, after tax 75, yep. you spent none of that at all. You spent no money. You didn't eat for a whole year. You did that for 10 years, you have $750,000, yep. right? You're not going to become a millionaire through saving. No. But if you buy a property worth a million dollars, okay, you borrow 900000 in 10 years' time, on average, that property will become worth $2 million. That's how everyone makes. Correct. It's, it's not through their, their earnings. It's about using that earning to capitalize that into leverage. assets that make money. Correct. Yeah. I love Cash the word flow. leverage. Leverage. Business leverage is great. Business, leverage. business and assets. If you look at the top 100 richer people in the world, they're all business owners. Business is the way to generate the most amount of profit. And if you don't work within a business, property follows. Yeah. People will talk about shares. Shares are awesome. Okay. You've got to know your stuff though, right? Well, if you invest in an index or an ETF... You're pretty safe, right? In terms of getting stable returns. The issue is that property gives you leverage. So your $100,000 now that you put in shares, mm. if you got 10% on that, you get 10 grand a year. But you take $100,000 and buy a million dollar property, you've times 10 your returns now. Yeah. So that leverage creates the ability to create wealth. Yeah, correct. Outside of that property and shares similar assets. If you couldn't borrow against property, if it was dollar for dollar, I would invest in shares. Sure. Better diversification. But the ability to borrow against the property is obviously you can't where people compete. create money. No. You cannot compete with that. It's yeah. the one of the most beautiful wonders of the world, being True. able to do that. It is. If you look at wealth creation plan by doing that, you can make a lot of money in you 10 years. You know a lot of people years. now are using their home as the, a major wealth creation tool, not just investment properties. You know, okay. they're, in what they're, way? Well, they're using it to keep driving up. It's tax-free. Well, well, yeah, correct. Yeah. And keep going up in value. So let's pretend you keep going up. You buy better, better houses and you get to a point where you're 70, mm -hmm. right? And you've got a home that's worth $10 million. You don't need that home anymore. Tax-free money, you go and sell it and you buy something for five. You've got five million bucks. Tax-free that you can live off at that point. Mm -hmm. So they just keep pushing up to better and better property. But I think it all comes down to the ground roots of... Uh of where it all starts and at the moment in this particular environment with this particular generation mm. it's starting on the wrong foot you know to get to get to where we're talking about now in wealth creation and you gotta earn money assets <laughs> well you gotta earn <laughs> yeah, money correct. but yeah. unfortunately you gotta suck ass for a little while yeah well, and just a little while just, you, you gotta learn that unfortunately i need to get my elbows in here the work that you do today Builds your life for later on. Totally. That's an awesome point, right? And you'll see gurus who can make, um, you can make money without working, right? Yeah. Okay. If you are earning $70,000 a year and you save 100 bucks a week and put into shares, mm -hmm. so that's $5,000 worth of shares a year, you mm -hmm. are never going to become a millionaire ever in your life. It is impossible. You can put as much of your little, you know, dollars and cents into a share account. You're not going to become rich from that. If that's your goal, you shouldn't be doing it that way. It's okay if it's not. You're, you have to decide what's right for you in life. You shouldn't have to be, if you want to be rich, you can be rich. If you want to be poor, you can be poor. Nothing's wrong with either. But people become delusional because these people on Instagram, TikTok will be like, 
oh, I'm on the beach. I was swimming today. Look at my passive income through my affiliate. Like, bullshit. Yeah. Mate, it's, it's all fake. Yeah. 1% of people probably can, like any job, right? 1% oh, of happens. people it can happens. do it. But on average, it's all Majority bullshit. Majority can't. No, it happens. absolutely not. It's like people, once again, ramble on. Um, trading, right? So people get these charts, these, these uh, stock charts. And they go, there's a double shoulder here followed by a sledgehammer. That means you sell the stock. Yep. And they sell this program for $1,000 to people. That shit doesn't work. If you're 1% the of- way for the person who made it to make money. Correct. If you're, <laughs> if you're, we didn't get in on it. 1% yeah. of traders will make, make shitloads of money from sure. it. Because they have a special ability to do so. Okay. 86% of anyone who invests in the market, even hedge funds, professional hedge funds in America- do not beat the average returns that the market gives. Interesting. So only 14% of people who are paid hundreds of millions of dollars to do a actually job- Actually win. Can actually win. That's, Interesting. That's how, how rigged do we get that the job? system is. That's how <laughs> rigged the system overseas. is, honestly. <laughs> we'll go to Wall Street. That's good. Correct. That's how rigged it is. It's all <laughs> a facade. Maybe we need to get to Wall Street. No Still. real estate, no cooking, no broking. It sounds like a pretty good life. Nah, good. not for me, the mate. wolf. I just want to help- <laughs> I watched him live once. He was in Belford. Yeah. Yeah, really? How was that? Average. Average. Oh, really? Average live. Great on video and on his, you know, Instagram, that sort of stuff. But it didn't punch through in a big arena. Do you think he's got a good uh, producer or video guy behind him? That's why the the videos are good? I reckon it's all about the production. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the production Take take note uh, Brendan That we're going to be Really good live Really the production people Do you think Potentially he's not as He he wasn't as uh, What's the word Perspicacious As he What's the word Actually is In um, Portrayed in the movie Oh well, the, the movie's Hollywood, right? Well, correct. Exactly. Leonardo's I mean, throwing, a great throwing, throwing midgets at, at dartboards and things like that, does he really do it or did he really do it? I don't know. I think they actually I, did that. I actually I think, think that, that happened. I yeah. think that was in his book, yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> you've got to remember when you see him on stage and you're, you're there with 5,000 people, it's going to be different. Yeah. Um, I, I think for him to have success, he had to have a certain amount of strangeness or charisma. That's obviously what he traded off and he's successful again now. Correct. Interesting character. Well, Great I think, movie. I think we're all. I think we're all weird in our own little ways. You know, we all have our things. We all stick to our things. Not me. Well, you. This Not is me, a you know? dungeon, but everything <laughs> else is fine. You know, even for myself, you know, I, I stick to my strengths. I'm a. I'm a high functioning ADD, but I stick. I look. At but the you don't try and change that. You work. No, to, you work I actually, with it. I actually work to the strengths of it. Yeah. So high functioning ADD mean that I can run all day. And maximize from seven in the morning to one o'clock in the morning and fulfill my day from start to finish and feel very fulfilled going to bed at night. I'll sleep like a baby. Do you? I must be Absolutely. low functioning ADD then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I play Maybe to it's strengths, all that great red wine. That but there is a good. negative and a positive to it. I have low functioning ADDs who work for me where it's the complete opposite. They can't focus. Yeah. They don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're worried about everything. Strengths, they're insecure. But you play to your strengths. Absolutely. It Always could go the other way. If, but that's a mindset. Consciously, if you went the other way, it could be very different. Yeah, mate, sip it. it's a simple thing. Mate, you invest the time, you put the effort, you watch it grow. You, can't, you can't grow a plant without all the right elements to That's it. That's 
I agree with that. You know, and that's a really simple formula. Lead, motivate, manage, mm-hmm. you know, invest, effort, grow. These are things that I always have in the back of my head. I go to the gym. I think it, while I'm actually bench pressing things and doing whatever, Stephen actually came to the gym me a few times and it was rough for him, the poor guy. Um, but, Did you know, we got through you? it. But, um, you know, I, keep I up, actually, mate. and, and I Stephen could up. probably back me up on some of this stuff. I was at the gym and I was saying to him and through all these things, like when I was lifting quite heavy and doing this stuff, going, life is much harder than this weight. Did you outlift him? Hey, no, no, this guy outlifted me easily. Really? Mate, you come Machine. on. I'm not. Wow. Come Monster. on. My, my, my true power comes from my, uh, my brain. <laughs> That's where your strength lies. That's where my strength lies. And his, and, crocs. and his crocs. And his crocs. Oh, God. Mate, oh, yeah. well, uh, mate, well, I want to ask you one question. Um, I know you're a busy man and you've got, you know, many things to look after, including a, a, a whole whack of staff and properties and whatnot. Mm. But, mate, a dodgy real estate story. Do you have one to finish off this segment? Do you have something juicy that's on the top of your head? Or are you very much in the in the side of, you know what, uh, we're all pretty good When you good say dodgy side. real estate, sorry, this is a question without notice, everybody, by the way. So I haven't thought Absolutely, about yeah, this. Yeah, this is but, a random one. But but to be fair, um, none of this was with notice. So this is all <laughs> random. <laughs> um, look, there's a few stories that spring to mind. Um, I've heard about an agent. There's a few. I'm going to tell you a couple of them. One, if you want to hear about a dodgy agent, I've oh. heard about – if you ever bought a property, you've seen the contract of sale, you get a, um, a sewerage uh, services yep. diagram, yep. which shows you the block of land and where the sewer runs on it. I've heard of an agent that got busted years ago, many years ago, when it wasn't electronic, liquid papering out and recopying that diagram so that it looked like it was a clear block of land rather than a sewer running through it. So he's no longer in real estate anymore, surprisingly. Really? I wonder why. Oh. I can't imagine why. Pretty, pretty interesting. Oh. Very what a shame. Very, um, very, very much on reputation for agents. I've, what did he say? He goes, well, that's shit. <laughs> so he, he was short-lived. Talk about cutting corners. Um, I've, heard about, uh, uh, I've heard about in the real estate sense agents going through and being busted on camera, going through underwear drawers and all that sort of stuff. Not me, so don't invite me around to your house. I don't have your fetish. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, going through the underwear. Imagine that. You're in the client's house. Yeah. They're out. They've got some camera set up inside, whether it's it's hidden or whatever it is. And the agent's there shifting through the undies. A bit of an undie sniffer. So that, I've heard... <laughs> I've heard of that. Um, I've, uh, I've heard of a whole, a whole range of stuff. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Uh, yeah. So reputation of agents stories. is... I'm not going to go into it. Of agents? Well, look, all in all, I won't go into the, the raunchy stories I've heard before. Um, I've walked in on someone naked. I have done that when I was a young property officer kind of thing. Right. Um, okay. And I went to the house and you knock on the door, knock, knock, knock. And you think someone's next to you, hear noise, but they're not. But you've got an appointment. So you, you, you go in, you open the door. Hey, how are you? And anyway, you go in and then they come out of the bedroom and they're... Bingo. You saw yeah, it all. I saw it all. Wow. And, and they weren't awkward about it. Right. Oh. They were just, they were kind of like a bit taken back. Like, oh, sorry, I forgot you had the appointment. Very casual about it though. And wow. it's like, um, very, very indie. Uh, about you it. don't know where to look. You're just That's sort of searching indie. around. It's nothing. Did you shake their hand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I was like young. Oh, oh. It, it, look, it <laughs> <laughs> imagine that walking, imagine him walking in and he's lying butt naked in bed. I mean, that's how, um, I'll get gre- that's, how I, that's how I get greeted every, every time I go to his house. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Look, well. 
all in all, look, there's dodgy people in every industry, right? Real estate agents get a bad rap sometimes. Um, sometimes? Sometimes. Oh, okay. Sometimes they do. Look, there are some bad agents I know. I won't even say who they are. There's some horrible There's a couple agents. grubs out. Absolute grub. Wow. And I hate when people word. lie. It is a word. Because Ooh. I hate when people lie to clients, people trying to buy property. And I have caught some doing it to my clients. Yeah. Where they'll get termite or building, building and pest reports. They say there's no termites. And it looks like there's termites. So we get another one. And there's termites through the whole house. And these people still operate today. And you know who you are. You're a grub. You're an absolute grub, mate. And you're trying to rip people out of their good hard-earned money because you're a loser and you can't yes. do your job well. Fucking love um, it when Stephen's I'm, like I'm this. I'm so against that. Honestly, I'm so against I that. I think that goes it's back disgusting. to what we talked about before. That's there's the grubs in every said, industry. Stephen. And you know what it is? Short-term money grubs. Correct. That's all it is. No, the most oh. important thing is helping people make their life better. And if you've you got to think about it, right? Think about it today. You walk into, I, I think about this when I'm at a property or I'm bidding, uh, auctioning, sorry, and someone's bidding. If I were in their shoes and I wasn't in real estate, it's actually bloody stressful. You're it's nervous. extremely stressful. I bid at auction and bought. I, and on the flip side of the fence, I'm always conscious of it because it's a hard thing to dehumanize. It's a tough thing for anyone to do, move home, sell their property, buy a property, bid at auction, be a vendor or a buyer. Um, and not every agent is perfect, but if you have a level of empathy toward people and put yourself in their shoes, that's a good moral compass in life, I think. Correct. Just, just focus on your skill. Well, even from us off. as well and the mortgage broking side of things, the clients are depending on us to get the finance approved. Yeah. So we're juggling real estate conveyances and it is highly emotional. Every yeah. property I've ever bought in my life, it stresses me out sometimes. Hundred percent. And it, I'm the it, same. And people would say, "Oh, you know," but you know how I, I, I know. I know how it is, and it still stresses me out. You think about it, if you're an agent or a broker, uh, and you haven't gone through that process, you don't really understand no. it properly. I don't think. Mate, my first property I ever purchased, I was 19, 20, 19, 20, um, with my wife, now wife, back then girlfriend. Yep. I would have been the world's worst client. I was carrying on like a Fruit Loop. I didn't know what was going on. I, I was, Do you still have it? That one, I still have that one. Yeah, yeah I do. And he still carries on too. I still carry on, Yeah, but not like Should that. Should see him um, after a few now, days. Now no, no girlfriend involved wife, she'll put you in line, don't No, worry. she does. But why I did yeah. was because I was just scared. <laughs> but now when I have clients who are first home buyers, right, it really allows me to connect with them because yeah. when I see them being scared, I know exactly how that feels because <laughs> I was there. And it's nothing personally against me. It's just that they're scared and they haven't done it before. The and most successful people always reflect back on that and they put themselves in the client's shoes and you do you do treat people a, a, in a much better way that way. And the funny thing is the person who was facilitating the loan, one of the staff who was working for the broker at the time, yeah. when was that, eight years ago, yeah. who I was abusing and whatnot because I didn't know, she now works for me. <laughs> <laughs> full, full circle. Correct. Yes, correct. Full so we can see... So we can Look. see that there's some personal growth there. <laughs> Talk <Jesus>. about. <laughs> wow. Correct. Okay. Well, personal growth. Okay. Yeah, well, well, she's uh, incredible, mate. She's the best in the, in the industry. Absolute best settlement software in the industry. Mate, that's, that's, that's bloody awesome. She's going to hit for, for a pay rise when she watches this. She did yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, well, there was a second one coming up soon. <laughs> she's just penciled in two months time. <laughs> best well, in the industry. 
Well, guys, uh, I think it's time to go and grab a steak and a glass of wine. But, um, you know, where? I think, uh, well, I don't know. I think it's a really good place down <laughs> the road. Outback Steakhouse? Oh, You know, I, I think what we can take out of today is, uh, you know, that the greatest asset in your life is yourself. 100%. Correct. Number one. Yeah. Your number one comes you. And do and, um, and And I know there'll be a lot of arguments behind this. Is like, no, you need to put everyone before you. Well, guess what? Half those guys are losers. They're not. What do there. they tell you in the plane with your oxygen mask? Grab you your own shit. Can't help anyone until yeah. you help yourself. Do you do your own yeah. shit? Can't yeah. help you're, anyone. You're in control you of your own body. You're in yeah. control of your own destiny, and it's completely up to you. Uh, in in most cases, to try and navigate that ship. Yep. Okay, you do get some uh, turbulence along the way, but it's how you conquer that turbulence. Uh, will determine what comes next. Also, I never ever believe that a, a sailor, a great sailor, only uh, sailed through uh, flat lakes. Well, they never became great. Not through Norwest Lake. Norway. <laughs> also, do what makes you happy, right? Don't think you have to do something. Purpose. You have to be like Josh. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like Matt. You just have to find what makes you happy. That's the true to yourself. Thing. Yeah, well, anyone can sit here and be a big loud man on a lounge and tell everyone that's the right way to be. You know, we're all big loud men. But, you know, sometimes that's not what everyone is and just understand it and be happy with life. If you're not happy, it's a it's a pressure on you telling you you're doing something wrong. So go find out what you're doing wrong, change it. Mate, it's a purpose, it's a choice. Correct. And we've all got choices and there's opportunities. True. And up to us uh, to create them, to find them, to find our course and to make it work. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you you for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everyone. Young, not dumb, not broke. We aren't. We are, but who knows? Australia's number one new podcast. This is Australia's number one new podcast. Keep an eye out for it. This is it. This is it. We've put our reputations on it. Mate, very humble to have you here. Thank you. I think it's time for a steak. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.